Hi, and welcome to Click Click. We are four passionate creatives working on Vancouver Island and exploring the digital world. My name's Megan. I'm Yolanda. I'm Emma. Hi, I'm Kelsey. And today we're going to be talking about influencer marketing. So, can one of you define what an influencer is for me? Nope. Absolute. Thank you. I can always um, count on Yolanda. Yeah. Human encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> um... So an influencer is somebody who affects the purchase decisions of another individual um, and that has a following in a particular niche. Uh, So that could be like parenting or fashion or food or anything like that. Um, Yeah, that pretty much affects the purchase decisions of other people. Hmm. So would you say that like anyone could be an influencer or do they have to have like a certain number of followers? Is there a criteria that that I need to reach to a, to be an influencer are you, a, are you a burgeoning influencer emma uh some could say some, some might say some, some might say experts yeah. might say experts um say. there's definitely like i don't really think that there's like criteria i mean i feel like you could call yourself an influencer because who you do influence people if you have a following you are an influencer this is true Um, but I think that like, you know, to be a, you know, a a real in quotes influencer, you have to have an impact. You have to have an impact on people. And, you know, there's different sizes of influencers as well. There's like quite a few different sizes. Um, and I think like, you know, there's. I don't know where I was going with that. So who who fucking knows? Well, (laughs) you're saying there's different sizes, but I think we mean like influencers have different amounts of followers, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. So like people like, um, there's no, there's no criteria. Like you don't have to have like over 10,000 followers to be an influencer. Influencers, influencers can be like any, have any amount of followers. It's just a matter of the fact that they're a niche, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. usually typically it's a niche. They they have a niche and, uh, Yolanda describes some of those or they're, um, and they're be able to make an impact on the purchasing decisions of their following. So they could have like, they could honestly have a hundred followers or yeah. less. Yeah. Um, or they can be like a mega influencer and have like Kylie Jenner amount yeah, of followers. Millions yeah. of followers. So yeah, I feel like that's yeah. definitely changed with the times. Like when you first start on social media, if you didn't have over, x thousand amount of followers you were irrelevant and not an influencer but now it's been broken into so many different sectors and Mm -hmm. you can just have a hundred and still be an influencer like it's such it's a job now (laughs) like yeah an influencer is a job yeah i i know local like mom influencers who have like you know five to a thousand five hundred to a thousand followers and like they have a thriving community they get like tons of engagement and it's all true engagement and you know like that's that's and they're they are affecting the purchase decisions of you know as little as 500 people you know as little as Mm -hmm. um but like you know it's definitely um interesting to see how the landscape of you know being an influencer and how basically like that's almost accepted as like somebody who is either otherwise educated in the subject or you know has a had a career in the subject mm-hmm. and worked extensively at their craft are being you know devalued because they don't have as strong of a as a following on social media yeah, yeah. Um, being, well other being outshone by their influencer peers so like somebody like like for example for food like somebody who's a professional chef and they're like the chef de cuisine at such and such a you know restaurant or hotel 
and they've got, you know, Michelin or whatever. They've got accolades and they've mm-hmm. got awards and they've got a presence, obviously, in the in the cooking community. If they don't have the the if they don't have an online presence like and a following, not that if they don't have that, but if somebody else who is just cooking in their house starts talking about cooking online and building up a presence online and building a following, essentially that individual who's hasn't done any of those things that this other person who's like, you know, gone through maybe like cooking school and done like all of this different training and um, you know, they could essentially become more of an expert or seen as more of an expert. This person that's like, just like using their home kitchen. Chrissy Teigen. Doing their... <laughs> like if you think exactly. about that, yep. exactly. Oh. Like if we, the mm-hmm. situation you're describing is exactly Chrissy Teigen's situation. Mm-hmm. Come out with a cookbook. Yeah. Yep. And, and she was a model. She wasn't yeah. a chef. She doesn't have no. formal... I mean, I, I'm not going to say that's true. I don't know if she doesn't have any formal chef training. But it's not but known. It's not yeah. known. You know, it's not like you're saying she isn't a, you know, a chef of a restaurant or whatever. Like she's just an influencer. Mm -hmm. And now she's like has a cookbook and everybody looks to her as like a, you know, an authority on cooking. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's so crazy how that landscape has changed so drastically in so so little time. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's because home cooks are more relatable and that's why people are like looking to like those sort of kind of like DIY um, influencers. No, also. I just think people like famous people. That's also straight up. Yeah. True. Yeah. Straight up. Well, but, and like, but, uh, but those, I think like those professional chefs could be more relatable if they chose to be, I mean, they're humans, mm-hmm. they're people, yeah. right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. they could choose to tell their story mm-hmm. that way, but they have not, that's not how they, that wasn't their path. Like, no. and it may have been that they followed a more traditional path mm-hmm. and that yeah. they didn't open themselves up online to, and build a community. And in that way, they have actually less of an impact on their industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though in all other like sort of ways or, or, you know, um, areas that you would maybe like chart them on, they would be. Uh, you know definitely more experienced and more have more certification have more education but they're they don't they can't make as much of an impact because they don't have the type of following that that an influencer does yeah yeah i was i was talking to um somebody recently and they were sharing with me that um in their position people who are influencers are getting offered bigger opportunities to you know do different things um whereas you know she has all of this training and she's done all of these amazing things um you know and has a bunch of awards for certain things and whereas you know somebody who's just got instagram famous you know is you know more attractive than her and is you know being offered more opportunities and you know stipulations are now getting put on her where you know it's it's better to have a certain amount of followers and you're going to be you know more um desirable to be a part of their team if you have more followers and and things like that and i think that that's just crazy yeah yeah that's changed i mean Mm -hmm. i think that it's not um like i think it's a it's disrupting a lot of new industries but if you think about it in terms of like let's like i think about it in terms of like like even just like fine art for example Mm -hmm. or not even fine art but like contemporary art any type of art there's a lot of amazing talented artists producing great work that nobody ever sees Mm -hmm. right? right and it's like who gets to be 
famous? Who gets to have work that is seen yeah. and appreciated? Who's mm-hmm. the judge of that? Yeah. You know, and who's the judge of what gets pushed into our visuals? And I think that's that's always happened, and mm-hmm. it was always it's always been the decision of probably a select few or small Chance. groups. Yeah. yeah. But now maybe actually with social media, it's a little bit the playing field is actually broadened i think because there's more opportunities to find things right yeah, we can see definitely. more art and and find art that we can appreciate not because you know so and so is telling us to like i don't have to appreciate fashion that anna winter thinks is great anymore i can mm-hmm. find other fashion that she never gets to see yeah because that, of that, social media yeah that yeah. you are you align with absolutely yeah, yeah. so i think there's uh, pros and cons to it obviously and um but it does add a lot of pressure on those industries oh, yeah. on those industry professionals who've grown up in sort of a more traditional this is how you become an expert yeah, yeah. to now start looking at their online presence as a way to build their reputation and credibility yeah. in their industry and become true experts and influencers. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what do you guys think is your like influencer, like the worst marketing campaign that you've seen done by like influencers or like it, that they've been involved in mm-hmm. or something like that? They're not allowed on um, Instagram anymore, but anything to do with diet culture. Ooh, yeah. This oh. fit tea. Yeah, yeah. Fit tea or like those gummies or whatever meal replacement things. There's like a million different mm-hmm. variations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whenever I saw one of those, I just Skinny lost my mind. Yeah. yeah. No. The worst. Because it's, it's influencing poor behavior mm-hmm. and yeah. diet culture. And that's not something like, that's not something anyone wants. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, it's it's negative influence, and I'll I think like that, that was also playing with people's health. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you can't just well tell somebody to take a laxative and then they take a laxative and then they're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you know, that's kind of insanity that you know you can have that type of influence over something like in the health industry. I think that's insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's so many young kids on social media and they're like seeing all these celebrities using these fit teas and thinking that's it like that's all i need to do yeah mm-hmm. to, that, to be a celebrity yeah. and look like a celebrity but it's like no they've got personal trainers yeah mm-hmm. they're getting paid a lot of money to tell you that this is going to change your life they have like a personal chef it messes yeah. with people and Kim kardashian doesn't take skinny tea she goes to the well she might but she also goes to the gym has a personal trainer and surgeons and surgery, who so, help her yeah like, her only job is to look good like, yeah, I don't know many she people that is just an influencer. do that for a living. <laughs> yeah. Right. To be that way. Yeah. But... I'd love to just focus on myself. It would be <laughs> just so amazing. Me. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't relate. But yeah, yeah, I definitely think that's probably the biggest influencer flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the most dangerous. Yeah, that's definitely one of recent times. I just yeah. actually watched the fi- one of the Fire Festival um, document mm. documentaries, which mm. I recommend. Yeah. The one I watched was on Netflix, and um, it was something that came up in a conversation with clients recently that we were talking to about because they were very, you know, interested in potentially working with influencers, but they're yeah. like, you know, you can see how it can really go sideways, and here's an example, and that that fire festival example was was a great example of that so yeah. fire festival was sold as this uh you know incredible amazing luxury experience like where they were going to this like private island and they're going to pablo escobar oh yeah pablo escobar's <laughs> private island and 
Um, there was uh, going to be, you know, people are going to stay in yachts and cabanas and there's going to be all these like amazing headliners and famous people. People were going to fly everywhere. in. And it was yeah. kind of sold as like, it's for industry people. It's for influencers. It's for, you know. The, if you want to be an influencer, this is the place to be. Yeah. Exactly. Pay loads and loads of money to get a private plane to come to this island. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it, it, it wasn't that. That was the promise of it. And, you know, uh, originally kind of when they kicked it off, and they were doing the marketing for this festival. They engaged with a bunch of current influencers, mega influencers, mega too. celebrities, and yeah. celebrities, supermodels to come to the island and kind of show what it was going to be like, film a commercial. And it was just, you know, totally false advertising yeah. because that's not what in actual reality happened. They didn't have enough spoiler money alert. For, yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. They didn't have <laughs> enough money for the festival. Um, they ended up actually, people stayed in like, these uh disaster tents disaster tents um they had like they were supposed to have these meals prepared by an executive chef and it turned out they were just eating like you know yeah (laughs) craft singles on on a piece of bread with some uh like old tomato slices and that's like that's been sort of a famous uh viral tweet that went out about that about the festival but and wet mattresses yeah but basically this whole festival it sold out like 98% sold out before, um, you know, anything was even said about like, you know, what, what was at, what actually was going to be set up. Like they hadn't yeah. actually planned the festival, but they sold it out based on this group of mega influencers posting about the event, but then also, but then also, um, posting, they came up with this, uh, they just did like a graphic that was just like an orange, uh, right. tile basically. Yeah. And they had all these influencers post it, promising them that they would get to attend the event. Well, they never actually did. Mm-hmm. And when the mega influencers went, like, you know, like, uh, I think it was Bella Hadid and like there was a... Kelly. Yeah, there was a few different um, people that actually went to the event, like supermodels that went. They used the hashtag Fire Festival, but they didn't put that it was an ad anywhere in there. Yeah, it was yeah. not disclosed as an ad. Yeah. And then also, on top of all of this, um, Kylie Jenner also alluded that Kanye West would be playing at the festival, which was a massive draw for tons of people. Yeah. Um, and that was not true. He was never involved in the festival. Like, yeah. he was never going to perform. There was never any talks of it um, from what I've seen. Yeah. And it was just, like, a complete abuse of power. Yeah. Yeah. She was it's... paid, like, 250000 to do one post mm-hmm. um, about it. And she didn't, um, she didn't specify that it was an ad. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... You know, I just think there's so many lies going on there. Like, yes, like poorly, like just in general, poorly planned event. But actually, in the end, like it turned out that the whole event was a fraud, and that actually the money that w- they were actually getting investors' money to put on the event, and basically faking their, um, like the CEO was faking his uh, how his company was doing to get these investments, and um, yeah, and lots, and there have been. Um, now there's been lawsuits against them basically for some of the festival attendees as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, you know, because they spent tons of money to go and um, didn't get to go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Tragic. So that was a crazy, like that was, that's a crazy one. And I highly yeah, recommend. Crazy example. <laughs> oh yeah. I highly recommend watching it. And, but it was also really important for um, a couple reasons. Um, one reason being like this trust that we had in these mega influencers has gone way down. And oh, that's mm-hmm. why there's this rise of, you know, 
these nano nano influencers or micro micro, who are like you know their their followers probably know them or are at least more engaged with them and they trust them more because they see them as a real person they're not a celebrity they can't hide behind smoke and mirrors sort of thing yeah um so we see that and then also just being obvious about the fact that your post is an ad so now you know there's different tools on the platforms that where you can indicate that yes this is sponsored content or you know making sure that there's guidelines in place where people are indicating that it is an ad Mm -hmm. yeah which i think is super important i agree Mm -hmm. very so what's one thing that you've purchased because of an influencer? I can start. I have mine. Mine was recently, like the last three months, it was like, pretty sure this was like, this was my first purchase that was from an ad specifically. Right. I've definitely purchased products from an influencer that was not being paid to promote them, like from a favorites video or whatever. Right. Something that wasn't sponsored content, but from something that I've actually purchased that was from a specifically paid ad was actually, I tried the Function of Beauty, the hair shampoo and conditioner. Have you guys mm. heard about that? Yeah. So it's like really popular right now. And basically it's like you go in and you take this like test and you tell it all your problems and you're like this is what I want these are my hair goals and you know whatever and so I saw this ad from an influencer that I follow I actually um her name is Acacia Brindley and she's a um an influencer and she's quite um quite big and um she promoted it and um so I decided I needed I needed new shampoo and conditioner and I was like you know what I have such a hard time finding so I was like maybe I'll try it I got it. It was the worst experience of my entire life. Was it? It came late. It came with this weird green dye all around. Like, I took the... Because it comes with these, um, like, lids, but it also comes with pumps. So, you take the lid off and then you put the pump in. Yeah. So, I took the lid off and there's, like, dye, green dye all around. And I just thought maybe it was, like, products that maybe hadn't been fully mixed or something. And so I, like, wiped it off with my finger, and it, like, dyed my skin green. Oh, my gosh. I was like, this cannot be good. Like, this cannot be a good thing. Yeah. And then I tried the shampoo, and it was, like, garbage, and, like, my hair hated it, but, like, never felt worse, and it was so bad. You're committed to try the shampoo after the green dye. Yeah, I I would have I was. I was like, let's do it. (laughs) Well, because it wasn't great. It was only on the thing, so I figured it was probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. So and I did I yeah so I but went still, in and like, I tried Instagram it. versus reality. Oh yeah, yeah totally. And so yeah, and then I like complained and the company was like super shitty about it. So it was like oh, no. such a like crazy negative yeah crazy experience. You should uh, message the influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Listen I want here. you to give me my money back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just be like, hey, this product sucks. And I really, you know, I feel like they need the feedback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I've been following you for a while and I appreciate what you have to say about this, this and that. But this product that you recent, recently, you know, promoted is terrible. And yeah. I, you know, as because I feel like, are they even using it? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, I don't know. It's, it's just interesting. Like, it's interesting when you become like a salesperson for yourself. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. how yeah. far that rabbit hole goes. Totally. Yeah. yeah. For so. sure. I've like never bought anything from an influencer online specifically for like how legitimate is it? Mm-hmm. And like, I know you're getting paid to promote this. Um, how have you actually used it? Are you just in it for the money? Like, so that's just like, 
I don't know. I've always been told, like, never trust the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to drop that much on, on, on something that someone is could be falsely promoting um, for me to trust things. So, yeah, never never followed an influencer that's fair to purchase something i haven't purchased anything per se but i've definitely um downloaded like apps or Mm -hmm. like that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um i can't like remember any off of the top of my head but like um like there's a meditation app and like that sort of things that i've heard in like uh like as ads in posts or like podcasts and things like that and Mm -hmm. i think that counts um, but I don't think I've actually ever like put any money into um, something that an influencer uh, has um, promoted, advertised, or yeah. promoted. Yeah. What about you, Kelsey? Um, I'm sort of like I'm trying to think. I'm sure I have. Mm-hmm. So it's like how advertising works, right? You just yeah. you see it and you think like it's not working on you, and then <laughs> it and then it happens, it and it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's infiltrated your yeah. mind. Um, definitely what, like, Megan's speaking to, like, um, you know, for podcasts, for sure. Like, there's stuff on podcasts that I have heard, that, and then I'll I'll go buy that. And usually it's, yeah, sometimes it's been a product, but um, usually I also look at, like, the Google reviews or, you know, like, I look at other, or the Amazon reviews if I'm buying something. Yeah. Um, but I have used, like, you know, the podcast host, like, code on checkout and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I haven't bought anything that I saw an influencer use, but like ads on Instagram, I bought a couple things and neither thing was a good experience. One, <laughs> one never came and the other one is crap. So oh, no. would what you disclose you what they are? <laughs> one was a, oh, actually, no. One was a cell phone case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. That never came. And uh, so like, you know, you buy it, but then it doesn't show up and then you have to basically argue that it didn't show up yeah so that's not a great experience never and then um so i don't know my information is probably sold somewhere online (laughs) (laughs) and then i bought these blue light glasses which are ridiculous Mm -hmm. because apparently like 90 percent of the blue light that you get is actually from the sun so (laughs) i feel like (laughs) there's like it's sort of like a big like conspiracy that like we need to protect ourselves from the blue light in our like computer monitors is actually probably good for us that's so funny (laughs) anyways it's uh i got those and uh they turned out fine like i got them and but they're just you know not worth it like we're not worth the amount that i spent on them at all yeah Yeah. so to turn it around to kind of a completely different topic what are some of the things like what are some of your top tips when working with an influencer for people that may be interested in using that for their business or um, to market their products or services? I think, you know, with any um, working relationship, you want to make sure that your values align with who you're going to work with. So finding out more about their company, uh, meeting with them, their team, getting to know them, um, understanding who their audience is. Um, talking to some of their suppliers or people that they work with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and getting, you know, referrals basically Mm -hmm, like, how's this, how's your relationship been? And if they're Mm -hmm. like, they're a mess, then maybe no, Mm -hmm. but you know, maybe they're, that's a good way of just finding out whether or not it's good to partner and collaborate with someone because you know, yeah, it's, it's on the internet, it's permanent. And, uh, you want to make sure that, you know, both parties are going to benefit and that you're going to be represented the way that you want to be represented. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's important that, um, you know, like you're saying to do that research, but also look and see back, you know, the type of products that they have promoted in the past, because you're going to be affiliated, you know, whether you like it or not with this person who may or may not has, you know, promoted a fit tea. So I think like, that's always super important to like, kind of do a little deep dive into their into their previous squares, see what they got going on down there. Um, I think also like, one of my biggest tips is like, write a dang contract. Mm, Make sure that you (laughs) specify each services, the, you know, if you're doing a giveaway together, whatever you're doing, if you're doing a collaboration, you know, you have a written document that outlines all the expectations for both you and the influencer. Mm -hmm. Because it's important that, you know, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. You know, everybody looks at it, everybody agrees, everybody signs it, like, and then you know, like, if there is a communication breakdown or if something doesn't go right, then you know why and you can at least be able to um, do something about it. And then it's like, hey, remember these expectations we had? Yeah, Yeah. please do them. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're both equally protected as well. Absolutely. If one person doesn't uphold the the payment Mm -hmm. or the other person doesn't uphold the posting, it's you're both protected and you're both getting something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I think too, I mean, I like to see um, visual proofs as well. Yes. Um, because, um, and then, and then to agree and sign off on those. And yeah. I know that's a lot of work up front, but you want to know what's going out. Like there was a article I read the other day where um, an influencer had uh, agreed to do this ad and they did the ad, they posted themselves with the product and then they just basically copied and pasted the instructions for what they were supposed <laughs> oh to do. Oh my goodness. Rather than creating an actual comment, they just yeah. copied and pasted like, like, <laughs> like step one, like post a photo of you of, and the da da da, like two, add the, that's what they put into the- My mouth the, is a gape right now. <laughs> all, all you people yeah. are wondering. We're all in that's shock. That's what they put into the caption. So they just copied in the instructions they got from this brand or company directly in so like you know what a waste and also what what, are you doing is this not your job what a poor representation right and like you know and and so being able to get to to approve those visual proofs like show me what you're posting and what your what's the content what's the caption yeah and uh what what are you putting on it like who are you tagging in it i want to know all of those yeah all that copy that's going in with that post like it needs to be reviewed don't leave it up to the influencer even if the influencer is like excellent at Mm -hmm. doing it just do a visual proof because people make mistakes Mm -hmm. oh yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. and it's a reflection of your brand as well yeah yeah for sure yeah it's super important i think one of the most important things to mind uh to keep in mind when working with an influencer is their size um you know there's certain certain things especially with instagram that comes along with a certain size um you know with instagram you can only do a swipe up if you have you know ten thousand plus followers Mm -hmm. so that's like if you're looking for that and that is a good thing to have if you are looking to direct people to like a direct landing page because that kind of makes that experience seamless for them instead of you know maybe going in watching their story being like oh I do want to buy this product and then they're going to have to exit and then sometimes people can get you know demotivated when they're having to do all these other steps to go purchase 100%. So being able to provide a swipe up link, I think if you're trying to specifically get someone to a product or, you know, to book something right away, that is definitely something to keep in mind. You're going to want to be looking at somebody who has 10,000 plus. So 
I think it's important to do some investigation on the type of services you're looking for, because that's definitely also going to narrow down, you know, the type of influencer you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's interesting just in general, like just my personal perspective of a kind of influencer culture, I guess. Like I have, for example, I have a friend who has like a, a personal blog, fashion blog, and, you know, she shares what she, you know, wears to work every day. And um, lots of people really like her blog and she has not her follower. I think she has about maybe 5,000 followers. And um, I'm not sure how many people read the blog and subscribe to her newsletters and stuff like that. But she um, so far hasn't done any that I know of, like any paid ad. ad. Like SponCon? Yeah, she hasn't done any sponsored content. Yeah. She basically shares what she's wearing and she's, you know, promoting the companies that of the clothes that she's wearing, but not any one more than the other. It's just like stuff that she likes and she shares it. Mm-hmm. And people get lots of value out of it. I see the comments and like even for myself, like I've totally taken inspiration from what she what she wears to work. And, um, you know, she has a niche audience and they really appreciate what she shares. And you can see in, in her comments, she does little tutorials about how she does her hair and her makeup and products that she uses. But she's really approachable, like, you know, in terms of engaging with her community and the types of products that she's using are really accessible to a lot of people. And I feel like, you know, for her, for the, when I'm following her profile there as like her friend, I'm, she has two accounts. Like she has that account, which is her personal blog account. Mm -hmm. And then she has her personal account. And I just like, for me, I'm like, I follow it because I want to support her because I think it's great. And also like, I have got inspo from it and, um, you know, in that way, I really appreciate it. But if she started doing more sponsored content, I don't know how much, how much, like, if I'd be that much more interested in it. Like, I'm interested in it because it's organic. Organic, yeah. And so at what point do, like, how do, how do brands and companies, like, you know. Navigate that. Navigate that. That line, And partner, and, and look to partner in that situation, but also you know, to, to thank the people that are, are doing these things, like are promoting their stuff, but not making it like about not making it sponsored so that people, you know, actually trust what people are saying and aren't like what Emma was saying earlier, where it's like, can't trust anything on the internet. Like, don't, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I like, I don't believe that this is something you actually like. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that sort of scenario. And then also just like, you know, some people use their personal accounts to talk about products that they like. Yeah. And then how are you detaching, like, you know, you become a salesperson for yourself. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like for, you know, who yeah. you are as a human, I guess? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you become like a salesperson to your, to your friends, sort of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of sleazy, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that, like, it's, there's definitely a fine line especially, you know, if you're doing it to make money, you know, aside yeah. from doing it just for fun. I think that you definitely have to hope that people are tapping into their moral compass, I guess, <laughs> and are being genuine and authentic and only recommending products they love. And I think that um, eventually people are going to, and I already think they are catching on to it. Um, and I think people more and more as, you know, influencers are becoming more popular. I think that people are actually calling 
calling influencers out more and more now mm-hmm. yeah. about, you know, different products or sponsoring different things. And, um, you know, the recent one, like you mentioned before, Megan, the fit tea, yeah. like I, yeah. I knew a personal, Trisha Paytas, she is a, right. an influencer and a YouTuber, you know, and she got a crap ton of backlash because she still promotes um, fit tees to this day. I mean, I guess she can't anymore on Instagram, but you know, she still does promote that type of content and people absolutely call her out on it. Um, which they should, which they should. Yeah. Mm. And I think that like, there's definitely some, some things that I don't, I don't think are ever going to go away. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that people are going to be like this forever, honestly. Um, and I think that it, it probably comes down really to, to each and every person to, to navigate that for themselves on, I think, how comfortable you are um, as a person and your beliefs and your boundaries, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. really, at but, the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, and then also just the fact that these platforms, like Instagram, Facebook, these are marketing platforms. That's what they, like, w- they were created as social networks, but mm-hmm. they are not, they are not that. No. They, yeah, are mar- they are yeah. marketing platforms. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're, so if that is always the goal and that is like, that's how they, that's how they function, then that is always going to be incentivized. And Mm -hmm. so people, um, you know, those tools that we use to help companies share, you know, stuff, share stuff with their community. I mean, that's always going to be a part of those platforms Mm -hmm. and social networking. And that piece is, um, you know, more and more in my mind takes sort of a, a little bit of a back seat to mm-hmm. consumerism yeah. <laughs> on these platforms, yeah, which sure. is super interesting. And also like, re- you know, day to day kind of uh, something that I'm trying to navigate being somebody who markets to people on social media. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right. yeah. Um, okay. So before we go, I have a really important question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Do you think that influencer culture is a good thing or a bad thing? Hmm. Give and take. But yeah. I think that it has a lot of potential to be a good thing yeah. because it's um, people filtering what businesses are doing in a way. So it's like they are people with integrity online, believe it or not, and they are curating the kinds of promoted content that they want their viewers to see and there's people out there who are making sure that the products that they're promoting are things that they actually like so I think that that itself is a good thing um but it can easily go sour as well so it's it's kind of a it's a a rocky road (laughs) yeah Yeah, I think we've seen it sort of like um uh, manage itself a little bit right in terms of now we're seeing the rise of like more like nano micro influencers um organic those organic influencer relationships and i think that um to what i spoke about a bit earlier around you know how what makes art sort of thing yeah like i i see it as beneficial um that people have a tool that they can use to share what they're doing with the world in a bigger and more meaningful way without having to be approved by some authority. Mm -hmm. And I think that that the mainstream way of, or the mainstream. Totally. And I think that is to me, the most beneficial thing about social media is that people are able to connect with people that they wouldn't normally because of that technology. Like they're just able to find things that relate to them and they can connect with a new community that is meaningful to them that they couldn't where they currently are, you know, yeah. offline or or otherwise. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I yeah. mean in that way I see it as a positive, but mm-hmm. definitely 
you can see how it can be abused and, you know, also just, I guess the sales part of it is the part that I don't enjoy, but the yeah. influencer and in ter- in, an influencer in terms of like an expert in an area or being, and being able to pro- provide value and mm-hmm. not just sell you shit to me, that's excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like it more for the, yeah, the knowledge or the, or knowledge or art based side of it. Um, and giving that opportunity to people to pursue their passions without necessarily having to go to a school or have that degree because not everyone has that, um, that ability to do so so i I like it in that aspect um i definitely yeah think it's it's a double-edged sword like there there are those pros and then the cons the people who who abuse it use it for money power whatever as you see with everything um but yeah i think it's definitely a great a great thing for a lot of people i think it's bad I mean, I think it's good, too, but I mostly think it's bad, Yeah. if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that, especially um, in places like the States, there aren't enough rules. Um, it That's isn't, true. It yeah. isn't a regulated industry um, as much as it should be. Uh, you know, you definitely see places doing it right, like the UK has really, really done great work on um, creating guidelines and stipulations and holding influencers to, um, to you know, a set of standards because yeah. it the industry, I feel that the industry is not standardized, especially around the world because, you know, it is up to the different, you know, different countries to make those decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't just go like, these are the rules for the world, everybody. Yeah. So I think that it's hard to feel like it's ever going to be perfected because I don't see how that could ever happen yeah because you know I don't I don't think that everybody would get their shit together and all you know all places and be like okay this is what we're gonna do and like these are the rules and like everybody right. follow yeah. them mm-hmm. I think it's still fairly new though and like where I see it going is like we've had rules for television what you can and cannot put on tv you know and we're, we're slowly seeing that fade out maybe this will We'll start taking this more seriously and I think right now because it started out as social media and like just a way to share with your friends nobody really still sees it as a way to make money or taking influencers as serious as they should be taken I don't know so, I think that like it absolutely is big enough that it should have been taken seriously ages ago at, oh, yeah. ages ago like, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I think you're right. Like, it is so new. Like, how do you know what to say and, you know, what yeah. rules to make, right? And how are we not going to, you know, freedom of speech and whatnot. Like, yeah, absolutely. it's the internet. We can't censor everything. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it is as well just, yeah, trying to figure out, like, okay, how can we do this without? I think, yeah, for me, like, really what I was trying to get at in my point is, like, I think that it's really important that there are, you know, it, it, rules that regulate, you know, saying that it's sponsored content, that yeah. every post needs For to be sure. declared as an ad. Yeah. You know, that that information needs to be made clear. And, you know, there are apps that are making great strides like Instagram, you know, they're always trying to improve the platform and, you know, they added being able to do a partnership in stories. And that was a great way, you know, to disclose an ad, but in a, in a pretty way, you know, now it's part of the platform. Yeah. So I think that, you know, a lot of this work is going to have to do in conjunction with the platforms while, you know, with doing these regulations. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Obviously, like I like influencers. I follow them. Trust me. Go look at my Instagram account. You know, I love a good influencer. I love a good YouTuber. 
Um, but I think that like, there's a lot of important work to be done around, around regulations for sure. Definitely. All right. Thank you guys for listening to our opinions on influencer marketing. Uh, We have been Click Click. Thanks for listening.